everyone and welcome to Female Centrics, the first female hosted fish community podcast. This is Donnie B, your host, and I'm pretty excited today because today we're bringing you an exclusive interview with John Rua, who is an actor, director, and choreographer out of New York City. And John just recently choreographed the whole dance for our last fish New Year's Eve extravaganza at Madison Square Garden. So right here, you're about to find out whether or not was Trey really stuck. You have to listen. But before that, just want to remind you that Female Centrics is part of the Osiris Podcast Network. So if you want to check out some amazing podcasts that we have, we've got Under the Scales, Helping Friendly Podcast. We've got a new one coming out January 6th. I believe the same day we're releasing this one, which is a six-episode interview of Freak Flags Flying. Oh my goodness, that's a hard one to say. <laughs> and uh, with David Crosby. So uh, to check out some more amazing podcasts, go to OsirisPod.com. So to come back to John Rua, he, you probably know him best from being on Broadway as Hamilton from The Hamilton. And he also was the choreographer and one of the dancers for Wombat in 2013 for Halloween. He was part of Hands on Hard Body, which was the Broadway play that Trey wrote the music for. And he's even been in TV shows like Law and Order. But again, most recently, he is the one that pulled off the 45-minute amazing choreographed dance moves for this last New Year's Eve. So uh, we're about to go into his interview. If you want to check out more about John, his website is johnrua.com. His Instagram handle is johnrua1. And at Twitter, he is at johnrua. And on YouTube, he is also johnrua. So check all this out and... We're excited to have him as part of our community and to hear all about uh, what happened on New Year's Eve and all his, uh, you know, interesting projects he's done with the band and without the band beforehand. So stick around and we'll be right back with John Rua. Now here's a brief moment on another great podcast from the Osiris Network. All of our podcasts can be found at OsirisPod.com. Hey now. This is Aaron from No Simple Road. No Simple Road is part of the Osiris podcast family. We're a weekly podcast that brings you in-depth and open, honest conversations with the musicians, artists, authors, and luminaries of the psychedelic jam band, improvisational music, and festival communities. We bring you inside the lives of the four of us that do this show, myself, Melanie, Apple, and Ryder. We bring you onto the porch and what it's like to live inside the long, strange trip. So if you like to laugh, if you like to have fun, if you like to learn stuff, come hang out with the No Simple Road crew on the porch and listen to No Simple Road on the Osiris Podcast Network. (laughs) 
All right, we are back with John Rua, who is an actor and director and choreographer out of New York City. And he was the gentleman to choreograph the dance and direct the dance for this last New Year's Eve stunt at Madison Square Garden. So welcome, John. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Excited to talk to the Fish fans. Absolutely. Well, somebody, I found you because somebody had posted, you know, there's like 20 different groups on Facebook that it, probably more, really, when it comes down to it, you know, with these, uh, the fan groups on Facebook, and someone had posted your piece from Instagram. And so I clicked on that. And so I was just thrilled, you know, to send you a message and, and you were excited to, you know, get on this yeah. and do this. Yeah, yeah, because you have a lot to say after I started kind of looking through everything and putting the outline together today, because we just decided this last night. Um, there's a lot to you. So I'm looking forward to talking to you and sharing uh your yeah. life with thanks for i mean it's exciting uh that's the reason i put the instagram video together I, honestly once we were doing uh once new year's ended it was a roller coaster for all of us so i i was out for the count <laughs> for like two days and then i noticed there was a lot of stuff on on the internet obviously fish has not released the official uh you know, webcast or footage of the actual gag yet. And so uh, I started looking at, at a bunch of material and I realized how much people, how much material was out there of the fans and they really enjoyed it. And uh, I was like, you know, it's a shame, you know, being able to create such a beautiful piece and, and not have a, an outlet to, to connect with the people who, enjoyed it so i was like what better way to do it than to do it in my tray clone uh wig so i decided to uh awesome put a little put a little video together so people would know hey you know um first and foremost trey really got stuck and secondly uh <laughs> I, i'm the dude who sort of was uh who conjured up the idea in association with obviously trey them you know fish and trey themselves with they're always the ones behind what what we actually end up doing and uh, and Metaform, who did the visual design for it. But in regards to seeing it come to life, um, I was the guy who had the opportunity to put it together, and I got to be in it as well. So it's really wonderful to have my dance collective, The Grit, and myself take on what is inevitably uh, undefinable, which is Fish's music and, and Massive Square Garden, and to just go at it for the new year, which was a blessing. Um, and so I was like, well, let me just find a way to, without having to be super uh, 4K and um, production documentary style, let me just put a little Instagram video, let them know that um, I'm here and I'd love to stay connected with the Fish fans. Yeah, yeah. So uh, why don't we start from the beginning and tell us how, uh, tell us about your background. How did you get into theater? Uh, so I'm the child of a... Um, Colombian immigrant, I'm a first generation uh, Colombian American. And that being said, we came here and just, you know, objective is uh, find better opportunities and survive. So I wouldn't say that uh, I didn't start the arts consciously at all growing up. Uh, I was uh, just sort of, there was free instruments, I played instruments, so I ended up doing marching band. And then, you know, through a uh, connection with those who did it, uh, you form a little like group of friends who end up doing performing arts. But I was doing performing arts, but I didn't know that that was something I was going to do. I went to college at Rutgers University for uh, communication, public relations. 
And then finally, around like the age of 20, uh, 21, I started uh, taking this recreational gym uh, dance class. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that's sort of when I started saying, maybe it's this is something I'm interested in. So I started diving um, into the idea of like, you know, what would it be like to actually dance and stuff? And I mean, that there are people who have already danced for 10 to 15 years of their life at that point. Um, and then I went backpacking Europe and after I returned from Europe, I said, let me give this a shot. So then I started focusing on dancing and training underground and, and practicing all that stuff. So I, at around 2021, 20, I'd say I started really investing time in doing what it is to become a dancer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, rerouting back to the original uh, step, which is I'm the, you know, first gen American uh, immigrant and I, whatever we do has to sort of provide for ourselves. So I, I didn't have the, I didn't think I had the, the leniency or liberty to just take class and all that stuff. I had to find a way to generate money right away. So I started doing everything possible. I started uh, learning how to sing, learning how to act, and then, you know, crashing calls and going to backstage.com and working at two in the morning with dance uh, groups and, uh, Next thing you know, you know, by the age of 23, I was in an off-Broadway musical um, that was, at the time, in the Heights, uh, which was Lin-Manuel Miranda's first, uh, uh, you know, story that he was telling on Broadway, uh, and as you know him now from Hamilton. But, him? Okay, uh, okay, that's what I was going to ask you. So his first, his first Broadway play before Hamilton came out? Yeah, yeah, his first Broadway musical which was an off-broadway musical before hamilton even came out and uh yeah and then i was dancing for different companies target puma like uh uh, yeah i was just dancing for i was dancing for uh mariah carey yeah sorry mariah carey yeah i'm trying to do it in in chronological order basically when i started No, it's totally cool. It's just uh, in chronological order. I, I pretty much jumped into the field and attacked everything and uh, tried to be the best craftsman I can be. Uh, and then that would, that sort of led me into the, if you're a New York artist and you do one thing, it's kind of difficult to maintain your you know head above water. Um, if you just dance, that's why a lot of dancers move to LA. Um, I realized uh, it wasn't in my it just wasn't in me to want to just do that. So I decided to stay and I became a singer, dancer, actor, director, choreographer, <laughs> everything. And so I've been working in the field pretty much since then. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of how I jumped into theater it was, but the interesting part is now <clears throat> I'm always teaching people who go to conservatory. So it's very interesting because I, I went through theater and learned and studied acting, but not through the conventional route at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and with you jumping right into, and I apologize, what's the name of the writer for Hamilton? What was the first play you were in? Uh, in the Heights. In the Heights. Musical okay. The Heights. So I'm assuming, obviously, because you worked with him for that first one, then when you went and tried out when Hamilton began, and what you had mm-hmm. sort of st- you had started to speak about with the Hamilton piece is that, um, you know, no one really knew what it was until it happened and became big. But you were the original. Cast, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I would say that we all, uh, everyone in the cast knew what it was. Mm. We all knew. I mean, we were surprised the world finally caught on, but we knew. We knew because that's why we were in that cast. That's why we've been with 
that company of people for quite a while, we are all sort of trendsetters in regards to having our own innovative voice and, and staying committed to that. <clears throat> and I think that's probably what got me so connected to Trey when I did hard body. Yeah. Cause Trey saw I was committed to, you know, uh, my own personal voice and how that can inform storytelling and how that can inform music and the arts and all that stuff. And, and we connected right away. Um, Cause that was the that I loved. spring. Sorry. So that was the spring of 2013 when you got involved with. Well, Hard Body started in, uh, in La Jolla in 2012. And then we okay. transferred to New York in 2013. So I first started working with Trey in uh, 2000. 12 into 2013 until the end of hard body. And then that led to, um, wombat, which was 2000 fall. Yes. Which I want to talk about that, but I have, I have one more question about the hands on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like super fangirling out. I'm not very good at hiding this. Just so you know. <laughs> no, no, it's totally cool. I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it, this is all really exciting. I love Broadway and I sing, I've trained classically. I don't sing that much anymore, but, um, so I just love all of this. I think it's fantastic. I've been to, I've had a chance to, to see, to see a lot of, uh, uh, mm. musicals on Broadway. So this is just exciting. Um, so with the hands on hard body, so you went in to try out now, how involved was like, how often was Trey there working with you guys during practice and whatnot? I mean, from what I remember, he was highly involved. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, as his baby, him and Amanda Green and Doug Wright really saw it through and it was a beautiful, beautiful piece that we all loved and, and, I think everyone who saw it loved it too. Um, but you know, as things happen on in show business, for whatever reason, things open and close. But luckily, the the album was recorded so that we can celebrate what it was at all times. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Trey was always there. He was. I just love listening to the music because you can always hear the influence. And um, Hard Body was just a. a Trey was just awesome. I, and the beautiful mm -hmm. thing about it is a lot of people knew who Fish was were at the time, but the room was so full of um, love and no ego and just uh, creation and support. And Trey was the leader of all of that. Like he was just all about the love of the music and seeing something beautiful through. I mean, it's just a wonderful thing to be in the space with the guy. Yeah, well, and that's, you know, it, it, it doesn't surprise me in the sense of that he carries because that's how he is with us mm -hmm. at, with yeah. Fish. So, it you know, I think that that's it just, you know, speaks volumes of who he is as an artist and his character that, of course, then when he does, you know, this Broadway play that he brings all of that um, uh, um him being authentic, you know, uh, mm -hmm. in with in with all of that. Now, were you a fan at all? Had you at all listened to Fish before you got into Honestly, or, or afterwards I, I, or anything? Unfortunately, I was not. I was a big, um, you know, I like I said, I was a product of my community, and mm. my community was all uh, hip hop. But I was a big, um, I don't know. I I loved. I love scores, meaning I loved James Horner. I loved Hans Zimmer or whoever was working with Hans Zimmer, since I think it's impossible that these men are responsible for every score out there when there's, there's certainly a lot of people who are probably helping. Mm -hmm. um, meaning I was in love with orchestral. I was in love with symphony orchestras. I was sure. in love with uh, a live band sounds. I was in love with rock music. I heard fish here and there, but I wasn't um, uh, a fish head. If yeah. you would at the time, I was just sort of open to what was in the, what was in my space, and a lot of what was in my space was informed by what I had to do to survive. Sure. So you know what I mean, like uh, hip hop music. I ended up 
you know, it, it engulfs you because it's in a commercial world and it's hip hop music. Rock music is something I, I loved. I was mm -hmm. a product of MTV, so whatever MTV oh, yeah. played, I was a, I was aware of it. And um, then you started becoming aware of, and in college, I started becoming aware of Fish a little bit, and of Jack Johnson and uh, uh, John Mayer. They're all sort of oh, yeah. not related, but related sure. in a way. Um, and so then finally, now when I listen to Fish, I go, oh, I've heard that song before. I just didn't know it was Fish. If, if that happens, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. And then. When I met Trey, I started listening and I was like, oh, wow, this is great. And then Trey, obviously, you know, I, because he was working with me, he would just send me tracks that people didn't even know yet. Mm. You know, like I, I knew of Casa Vox before you guys all did. Like I was listening to the music. I was like, this no is way. Amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so like there are things I knew before other people. And but that's probably a beautiful thing. Not being a fish head, you know, kept it on the racks, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because um, it's your friend sending you his yeah. his work, his art. Hey, hey, check this out, you know, and it's probably it probably feels good to him to be connecting with you um, in that in that sense that you're not this, you know, giant fan before. Yeah, it's just yes. art for art as uh, opposed yes. to like having an influence right away. You know? Yes, absolutely. Uh, also, like there's another friend of mine. I don't know if you guys know this band. Um, uh, band is Coheed in Cambria. It's a, another progressive rock band. And, you know, he, uh, I, and that's a band I knew of a lot growing up. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, we became friends and uh, I've worked with them as well. Um, and they sent me music before other people too. And it's interesting. That's when I sort of knew I was, I'm in the field of doing what I, I'm supposed to, I'm doing what I was supposed to be doing because when they send me the music, even if I am an uh, avid follower, I listen to it with a, a clean slate because I see that I have to be a sort of vessel for it. So it's interesting how uh, I would call myself like now I'm a fish head, but prior I was definitely a co-eating camera head, but I was still um, neutral. Like it wasn't sure. affecting me. I wasn't going, oh, my God, I can't hear. I was going, OK, what's the song? OK, let's see what it is. And then we can create together as opposed to having this sort of. Uh, uh, overbearing um, energy that can that like stifles a clear vision for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, and you know, and I find it interesting that you uh, were there for Wombat with a Bogota mm -hmm. because so I that was I was there for that show, and uh, my husband was dressed as Macho Man Randy Savage, and I was Miss Elizabeth, and we were there. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, in full effect. Oh yeah, I should I say love right. That. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> he had the full That's costume. Amazing. It was awesome. <laughs> so, That's so good. you know, so, but, you know, we're walking into this and, you know, everybody's, oh, is it going to be Zeppelin? Is it going to be Jackson? Is it, you know, what is it going to be? And then we get into it and virtually they're wearing the birthday suit, you know, in a sense of like, that was their Halloween, you know, they're like, this is, mm -hmm. it's just us. And again, so, so, you know, <laughs> When when this whole thing started happening with Trey getting stuck up there, there was so much back and forth. And that's why there was there is still so much back and forth of whether or not this was a real thing. Was it a trick? Was it not? Because of Casbot Facts, because of, OK, they're going to just play this brand new album for us for that Halloween show. Or, you know, I kept saying, I'm like, I was there in 94 when they got in a freaking hot dog and flew it over the top of me. You know? Right. <laughs> like, right. That, right? Sick, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. So then, you know, so they start playing this, you know, the 
new Fuego album or Wingsuit or whatever. And when uh-huh. and Wombat hands down was my favorite for that night. And so my husband Jason's ten years younger than me, so he wasn't too like he'd heard of Abe Vagoda or whatever. But I'm looking and I'm like, that is definitely Abe Vagoda in a Wombat suit. But like, what the hell's going on? The guy's super old. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. Yeah. So talk to us about like you know Trey gets in touch to you <laughs> with you and was like, hey, yeah, it's what? really cool. Actually, <laughs> I remember that I was I was in Connecticut at the time Mm -hmm. doing a reading of a play um and uh such a small world that play um i was doing the uh, there's a play on broadway right now called the inheritance Mm -hmm. and it's the same playwright um it's just a small work because it was the same year it might have been yeah the same year so hard body closed and then that like months later me and trey would always just stay in contact we'd share videos we just you know we were just friends so we just shared stuff sure and um, then I don't know what it is. He randomly called me. He's like, John, so I have this idea. <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> I said, okay, what is it? And then we talked. And next thing you know, uh, I'm in rehearsal creating for a pagoda and creating for uh, this Halloween ex- uh, extravaganza. And uh, I, I brought my degree together. And uh, it was just wild because – you know, with fish shows, it's it's a pretty um, high adrenaline space yes. um, of joy, and to walk in there and uh, just you kind of just get one shot at it. You know, like mm. <laughs> here we go. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, especially because they're the gags, right? So, you know, I was like, all right, look, what we should do is um, I'll be. Uh, you know, techies, because, you know, random bodies on stage fixing drums for Fisher and all that. And next thing you know, going to dance. Sure, and it yeah. was just amazing to to do it. And, and the audience was totally caught off guard. Because once again, I, I don't think it was ever, a gag was ever done quite like that on the spur of the moment for Halloween. So it was, it was wonderful to do. And um, Abe was awesome. And uh, yeah, I listened the, to the, like a radio show and I, they called and spoke with Abe about, so Abe's living at a, a nursing home at the time and he just randomly gets mm-hmm. a phone call and was like, hey, like, do you want to put a wombat suit on and go to Atlantic City for Halloween? He's yeah. like, oh, sure, why not? And he loved it. Oh, uh, yes. It was so amazing to see the artist and like when an artist is an artist, um, the guy, as soon as, you know, he was, he was quiet and, and, you know, to himself. And the minute he stepped on stage, like it just opened up, everything uh, opened. Yeah. And it was hard to get him off. It was hard to get him off stage. Yeah. He, would, he didn't want to come off. Sure. Well, and I would imagine he, like, you know, being, you know, the, towards the end of his career. Cause I mean, he passed away not only a year or so later and for him to be so like yeah. the way that we embrace anybody that's added to our community and the love afterwards, you know? So like all of a sudden yeah. everybody's like, we love Abe Vagoda. He's the best. Like he's our wombat. You know? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right. And so I'm to- just glad he got to experience that yeah. you know, later in his life. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I loved, I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to learn those dance moves. I never could learn those dance moves, but I think they're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> they're out there. They're out there. Just put them up against the mirror. Right. It'd yes. It'd be awesome to see fish fans do some of the dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> I think a lot of us try. Like there's some of them that you can kind of get it or whatever but yeah no that was uh, that for me that night was that was my favorite um out of all of it and it was just what's interesting is when i'm doing all these projects and then like friends of mine will be like it's funny fish fans 
they're very proud to be a fish fan, but like I would never know that some of my good friends were fish fans. And then the minute they see me post something, like, wait a second, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I'm, and then they start going off, and I go, oh my god, like it's 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 such a society of of um, self respect. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to walk around declaring you're a fish fan. It's just sort of known. And then when you find out the next person next to you is, there's this un breakable bond yes. that exists and it's pretty special because I there are people that now I've known for years and I had no idea their allegiance to 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 the love of fish so it's pretty amazing to to have those doors open up uh in such a beautiful way yeah yeah definitely I was talking to somebody the other day about this community as far as you know I feel like with the Grateful Dead they you know they kind of started this the intensity of this, but because of the internet and how we all stay connected when fish is off of tour, that I feel like it's really created even a more solid bond than even, or it's taken it to the next step than what was going on with, with deadheads, you know, cause it is, right, 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 right. yeah. Like once you find like the deadhead or once you find the fish head, it is that like immediate, like wink, you know, like little, like wink in your mm -hmm. eye, like, Hey, yeah, you know, what's up. I know what's up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's very true. Cause then you start knowing you're, you're speaking to someone who operates on a, on a different vibe of frequency. different like frequency. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty cool. Cause mm -hmm. you're going, you, you get to know something about it's interesting. You get to know something about someone's like deeper uh, self uh, just by knowing that they're into that type of music or that band mm -hmm. um, in a way that you wouldn't be able to tell. Like, I don't think, uh, a, you know, this is no disrespect to any other artists, but like, I don't see maybe a Madonna fan meets another Madonna fan and goes, yeah, wink. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, you, know, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, all right, cool. You like Madonna music. But if yeah. you meet someone who likes fish, you're like, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> we know what's up. Yeah, it's right. sort of a different thing. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. It's a beautiful thing to be part of for sure. Um, all right. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about this New Year's Eve. Okay, cool. There's a lot to talk I'm about. I'm excited. All right. We'll be right back. All right, we are back with John Rua. And John, we are going to start talking about this past New Year's Eve gag. Uh, I guess gag. I guess that's what you call it, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been calling it extravaganza. Extra I'm not sure why, but it felt that way. You know what? I I agree with you. I think this is so much more of an extravaganza than an, uh, it was a gag. I feel like with the Halloween shows, like the cast of box, you know, those sort of things are more of like the the gags than than this was. But I think that that's probably why everybody, you know, still thinks that Trey wasn't really stuck and it was a whole part right. of it, and he's just doing it to mess with us. <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Truly, <laughs> so, it's interesting when when Trey um, reached out to me. I I I've been to Fish New Year shows. I mean, honestly, the past few years have been me coming to New Year's shows, and um, it's a place to be. And and I guess when he told me what we were doing, I said, "Well, you guys have never done anything like this before, so okay, let's see, <laughs> let's see." I hope the fans like it. That was my first thought. I was like, I know it's going to be great, but I hope the fans are um, 
uh, will embrace it. And he's like, they're going to love it. And I said, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so like you were involved really. So like the, the first tube, the odd lang sing, sand, drift while you're sleeping. What's the use? And you enjoy myself. So I feel like, so. And tweezer reprise. Oh. I, I can't let that slide. Oh, o- hang on. Zine. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What is it? Oh, yeah. All anxiety. <laughs> all I never can. I have no words. So of it's, uh, <laughs> thank you. So it's um, first tube, all anxiety, sand, drift while you're sleeping. What's the use? You enjoy myself and tweezer reprise. And that's right. Tweezer reprise. So it was essentially the whole last set there and so the whole 45 minutes set yeah yes and so that is definitely the first time that something like that's gone on because i want to say for petrichor that that new year's going into Susie greenberg that was two songs but it's but yeah. most of the time it's not more than two songs and this was an yeah. entire thing yeah and not only was it the entire thing it was the entire thing with the entire stage open Mm. as opposed to even Meat Stick or Petrichor where the band remained on the ground and they used uh, the sides above and behind them and in front of them, or even in flight in front of them. Yeah, uh, the band was always sort of present, except for last year where they flew up for the for the second song, but they were still down for the song prior to the ball drop. Yes, and it was a bunch of aerialists. So it was a totally different. It was how do you give the fish fans the fish music while the fish music's happening, even though the band's not fully on the ground the entire time, how do I um, transcend and uh, sort of extend the music and, and enhance it through, through the bodies on stage? Now, that was my goal. It was like, it's not about, I'm not here to entertain. I'm here to, to like, I want to be a catalyst to the to the music high that you guys all had. Mm, and I mm-hmm. wanted to evoke that through visceral movement. And I feel that was the goal. And I was like, well, how do you do that with a band um, that jams and a band that sort of, you never know where they're going to go. And more importantly, that uh, their music is forever uh, long. And so how do you do that with uh, bodies and, and visually stimulate? And I think that, that we achieved that. I think that that was the goal and we did it. Um, beautifully and i was very proud of what we did and yeah more moved by how the fans have responded because you guys all have a connection to this music in your own way so if i can give you a new connection and make you hear it for the first time in a new way it's pretty awesome absolutely absolutely well and it's interesting too because i didn't really think about like you and i had spoken earlier about how when you were practicing which i do want to talk about your practices beforehand and you know mm-hmm. where you found your because it seemed like most of them were singing as well as dancing and yeah. and so but this the the point of what you had spoken to me earlier about is that you know these are these are songs that are jammed songs they're mm-hmm. not okay so say something like Gaiuti for instance right Gaiuti mm-hmm. they don't ever jam it's a very orchestra you know a very composed not orchestra a very composed song and mm-hmm. so <clears throat> if you were to, you know, choreograph Gaiuti, you would be able to do that ahead of time. It would be the same sort of moves. But when you have something mm-hmm. uh, like First Tube where they're going to jam or Sand or You Enjoy Myself, there's pieces to mm-hmm. that that are very, very composed. But uh, the rest of it is this jam. So I didn't really think about that in practice and how you guys went ab- went about that. Well, ba- you know? basically, like, I mean, Trey also did a great job of... of- 
creating a foundation in it that we could honor. Mm -hmm. And so he was helping us out with that. But uh, what I had to do was the choreography didn't change, but our awareness of, of it changed. And we had to invite what the moment brought to us. No different than Trey going on a lick and deciding to switch it in the last minute. You know, I've seen him play and he'll be like doing this and you think he's going to go somewhere and then he goes somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and we had to invite that energy while we were doing it amongst the choreography I already created. Mm -hmm. And the way I created that original choreography was based on how that music made me uh, express um, how it made me emote, how it made me, um, you pretty much vibrate because all the movement is based off of my own freestyle based of my own vision. Okay. I'll mm -hmm. get in the studio. I'll put the song on and literally begin to move as if I was Trey playing. Oh my goodness. Guitar. I want to dance with you someday. Someday it's a goal. I'm coming to New York city. <laughs> to <do> this. So, <laughs> that, that's, that's what I do is I, I sure. put it on and I go, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then what I end up doing is creating my own jam. Okay. Physically. Sure. So this way, the the cast has a jam that they're following mm -hmm. while Trey jams off of his original jam. And now the jam I've created rides with whatever version Trey is going to play. So in Sand, this is why I wish I could find more footage of Sand. Mm -hmm. If you really watch us dancing, yes. we're really literally – if the fit, if fish had a fifth instrument, it would be us. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what the kind of that's what I was saying. You were sort of playing with uh, Chris Carota because how they say yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. CK five. Like mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. That's why Carota and I we we get along so well. We yeah. we witness that we both understand the pocket and the the momentum with, with which in fish plays. Yeah, and that's what we do. So I started creating that, and you know, even Tweezer reprise are set, but sometimes you know, he'll jump on a vamp or he'll switch into a guitar lick that in the recording we used wasn't there. And okay. so we had to know, keep going or use this as additional momentum or use this as adrenaline. You know, there was different things, um, you know, and something that they play so strongly in a night that my instincts respond to on that night. And just knowing that I have my script of choreography to revert to was, was the great part about it. Um, and then as a creator, I used each song as its own sort of um, tone. And uh, First Tube, I told Trey, but I was like, First Tube is amazing. There's yeah. no way I can't not use First Tube. And so First Tube was really like finding that momentum the audience is on and making that physically happen as well without it blowing its load too early. Now, did, uh, he, did he give you, was he like, these are the songs I want to play? Like ahead of time, or did he? Was he like, "Oh, what do you think about this, and what do you think that?" Like more, more about he had an idea of what he wanted, but he wanted me to throw my ideas at him, and then sure. we'd find something. Now, do you? And feel eventually, like... I was like, "Go ahead." Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, basically, he mm -hmm. would. You know, I said I love first tube, so he was like, "All right, let's do first tube." Awesome. And then he was like, "Well, I, you know, this, this, and this, sand, this, 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 this you enjoy this," and I was like, "You know what, uh, you." If that's what you want to rock, let's go. I'll do it. And so then Meta Studio was like, you know, we have Sabres. 
So I said, okay, lightsabers, all right. Mm. Well, let's. Why don't we use? Why don't we use those blocks as a uh, rowboats? Mm-hmm. Why don't we use them so that the whole the whole stage is an uh, an ocean, mm-hmm. and we tell the story uh, uh, that's being spoken about in drift. Why don't we spin it? So then that's how I created drift. Sand for me, Trey was like, I love sand, and I love the way you move. You know, maybe there's something to like. Uh, the clones being in a factory and i was like great so then i created the idea of creating prototypes yes. so if people were to really watch sand which is why i'm trying to find footage of it they can see that what we're doing is the clones that came in from first tube mm-hmm. are now in their factory creating more of the clones and they all get prototypes this is what eliza um Trey's daughter was really yes. I'm so glad that she picked up on it. Yes. Uh, she saw it and she said, Oh my God, it's the prototypes and the light above their individual light goes into them. And then they start rocking out like their own fish band. Yes. I have and then all of the clones do that. Yeah. One of my questions here is, are you telling a story through, through your choreography and during sand, it looks like the clones are building other clones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The clones are building other clones and then the light, which is a sort of message of humanity is you all have your own, you all individually have your own light, your, your own sort of illumination. And once the light hits those individual clones, they end up becoming uh, past, present, future fish. And so we, we start jamming out. And then immediately after we jam, we jam with the choreographer create. And then Trey is going off on his own and Fishman and Paige and Mike are all doing their thing. And then we're all jamming out. And then we knock out because we're exhausted. Yeah, yeah. And we start drifting, drifting into our sleep. And then that's how we start the 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 imaginary sort of realistic piece that is drift while you're sleeping. Oh, so, so if you were to look at it again, you go, oh wow, these guys are first and foremost visually creating things for the for the eye for with the lightsabers, but mm-hmm. secondly, uh, telling the story of of you know of the characters in the song and. Um, that's how we use the nesting blocks in a way where people forgot that they were nesting blocks. The goal is that you guys forgot that there was 24 blocks on stage moving around at all times. Ah. And that there was only so many bodies moving them the entire time. They weren't automated. They were certainly all manually moved. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to forget pulled it that they off, existed. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> that was the goal. Yes. Yeah, so he did uh, well. <laughs> yeah. So that's sort of how that came to be. And so there was a narrative throughout, but you know, the narrative was always uh, secondary to Fish's jam, Fish's uh, essence, if you will. And the movement inhabited that. So that's that's how that all became to be. You enjoy myself. What's the use is more about that moment of reflection. And and that's what the lights and the mirrors came to be. And that was a meta idea of using the mirrors. And I was like, all right, well, let me play by play, call the, the lights in the back. And that's what I did for what's the use. And then you enjoy myself was... Um, a celebration of, of, of that anthem and um that's why i love them running on stage for the um boy man um god shit mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. and then the trampolines we did because that's definitely something that has to be done of course you know with the with with the the issue that the riser got stuck then trey couldn't join us but trey and the entire band not just trey trey was going to do his dance solo and the only reason we knew it so well is because we we got to do it with him so often. We studied his behavior. Ah, I was going to ask. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you guys just watched a few times of him up there. We doing didn't watch. It. He would he would do it and we would mimic. Of course, that was it. Like it, <laughs> the there was no pra- the, our practice was live jamming. With him. Yeah, yeah. And then 
when he couldn't come down, my associate, uh, Ali Marconi and then Brianna Mercado, uh-huh. they were, they pretty much said, uh, all right, well, we've done it enough, so let's go. And I was like, all right, I'll come on stage. So we all went up and we all did the dance jam in, in honor of Trey. And the cool part was watching Trey watch us down because he couldn't come down. So he was watching and, uh, well, and he could barely move up there too, because it was no, yeah, so but, shaky. And yet he still wanted to see. So he was leaning over. It was still amazing oh, that he wow. still wanted to see. Oh, that's... And we were pointing at him because we were basically extending that the whole vocal jam was pointing at each band member because they were inevitably going to come down for a moment called the Abyss of Clones. Okay. And the Abyss of Clones was them getting lost amongst their own clones where you <gasps> yourselves couldn't even find them. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, but they got stuck, so we couldn't do it. So what you see us do on the on the stage is versions of what we would have done with them. Sure. Um, and then... At the end of that, there was supposed to be a break, like Trey said, but there was no break. Mm-hmm. And uh, he start he, what you guys don't know is I was in everybody's ears with my microphone, um, telling them what to do play by play because everything was sort of changing in regards to what we had done in right. rehearsal because they were stuck. So we no longer had like uh, at the end of "You Enjoy Myself" was a reroute of how to get into Tweezer since we won't have a break. So we all were talking. I was talking to them while we were doing the bit. And then we started Tweezer Reprise. Wow. Yeah. So so to back it up just a little bit, um, what <laughs> – so when did you realize <clears throat> that something wasn't going unplanned? It wasn't going when as planned. I was planned? laying down at the beginning of Drift. Okay. So you didn't notice it because in Tube – like now that I'm looking back on it in first Tube – um, it happened it, during sand. It happened during sand. Yes, but Trey's platform, and I'm wondering if this was a thing or not. I just saw it today, and it may or may not be a thing, but he, it was swaying just a little bit, and it was more than, like, the other guys weren't swaying. It was just slightly swaying. And then during sand, Mike, what I wanted to ask you, so Mike was way up higher than the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. And was that part of what, because we were like, why is Mike way up there? Like, what's going on? No, they they, they all would go up. What gotcha. happens is Trey was supposed to go up, and his... And his, his, had, his had an, I think it would appear it had a, a motor or something, an automation glitch, and it prevented it from moving anymore. And so okay. it was stuck in a position that it wasn't going to move anymore, probably due to safety. Yeah. Uh, and then also automation wasn't going to move it. But my point is they tried to see what, if they could move it, and, and then they would notice the glitch was probably going to worsen. So they stopped it from moving. But that's the only reason all the other band members were so high. They were all supposed to go that high during uh, Tweezer, but once we knew that they were once that that Trey was stuck, we had to honor them being together as opposed to just keeping Trey isolated. So, uh, you know, uh, that's sort of how that all came to be. I was on stage navigating the stage show, so yeah, I didn't know Trey was stuck until I was laying on the ground and laying on the nesting blocks, and it was about ten minutes of us laying there. Long time, and I was in communication with Carmel and realized, oh. Carmel's our music director. Yeah. That's who Trey spoke to when he said, Carmel, you want to just keep doing this? And she, she of course, is so gun ho She's like, yeah, let's go. So we were all ready to rock. We were just trying to find out, making sure that Trey was safe. And when he's declared it, he's like, ready to go. Then we were like, all right, let's go. That's so just, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know that it was stuck during sand because we were dancing under it. Yeah. So that's the crazy part is <laughs> we didn't know what was going on. And we were dancing under a riser that was actually having problems. Sure. So, uh, we had uh didn't know until the beginning of drift and i said all right shit um 
let's go. And so that's well, that's what, what you know. We were kind of wondering on our end. You know, like I said, I was on the couch for it, and so you know, having that perspective where there's cameras coming in from different angles and we're seeing different sides to it, we were kind of wondering, like, so if he's up there and that's potentially unsafe why would they put the rest of the band up there but i would imagine that they realized that he was he was safe like the platform itself wasn't going to drop or anything and it was such a big production that okay nope let's this they couldn't stay on the stage because of the way that you guys had already had things set up for the choreography so they just raised it kept him there they knew that they were safe up there continue on with the show because your dancers like they showed no like a blink of eye, you know, really had the professional, the yeah, show must no, go we, on. Yeah, we were, we were, we're all, <laughs> yeah, damn that's how we trained. We were ready. <laughs> our, our, we were ready. We were ready for the craziness. And um, I'm so glad you guys uh, picked up on that. And uh, also, it also brought an energy to the night of, you know, surrendering to the flow, if you will, and just yeah. going. And, and um, one always knows that, but when you're doing it in front of, you know, on, on a on a very awaited fish uh, event, uh, all you can do is keep rocking. And I think it just was a testament to the band, uh, us as an extension of the band, and and I think the audience really embraced it. So it was it was cool, yeah. and that's why I'm glad Tweezer Reprise ended the show because you sort of you started seeing how that informed the energy uh, that that created that number anyway. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. kind of said, okay, wow, Trey's rocking out. Let's rock out with them. And um, there was something exciting about entering the new year with this sort of take no prisoners kind of situation, yeah. <laughs> like just going, you Ab- know what I mean? Absolutely. So have you ever been in a situation? I mean, I would imagine not as this intense, but uh, but any sort of situation like this where you've had to really just shoot from the hip as you went, like how, I guess my question to back, how uh, how much did you end I, up having to change things you feel as far as your dancers? It's not so much that mm-hmm. I had to change, but like, for example, I was the one doing the trampoline and I had never done the trampoline until I did it in front of you guys. Oh, no way. Huh. Yeah. Like, I've never done that incarnation of trampoline. We realized that we had to adjust some of the trampoline moves. And during tech, we were I was notating so much that that the actual show was the first time I was going to do it. Uh, the way it was supposed to be done. Um, uh, you enjoy myself. I had never done. I just did it on the night because I felt as if I needed to be next to the cast to let them know what was going on. Yeah, everything was okay. We uh, got this. Yeah. Let, you're yeah, you're the captain sort of, of the ship. So Yeah, yeah. basically. So mm-hmm. I was with them. and um, We've never done sand with balloons. We've never oh. done anything with balloons. <laughs> All the balloons were everywhere. And the audience, <laughs> as, lo- as, as amazing as the audience was, they were pushing the balloons on the stage <laughs> while we were dancing. Oh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. we were trying to fight the balloons while we were dancing. That was a, a big thing mm-hmm. um, that happened throughout of All Lang Syne and Sand, even during Drift. And um, Drift was only – Drift felt fine, but uh, – What's the use? The lighting was happening at a different time than normally happened, and that could be informed by various things. Mm. But now it was guiding a jam that Trey was having with new lights and mirrors trying to catch this light. Wow. So that was all in the moment as well. And then Trey now playing music, his music cues 
caught, you know, were our guide. And so, you know, he's now operating on a tilted uh, platform yeah. that's informing his music cues. And so we're being very aware of wow. what to do next because everything was timed. As much as everything looks seamless, everything was timed based on the internal clock of the, of, of the human, meaning the body. Sure. And so we were all uh, high wired into a moment and whatever would happen in that new moment. Um, then we jump into tweezer and now we're running around backstage to get to our entrance points because our, we have new entrance points now based on the fact that we gotcha. never exited oh, yeah, the way we sure. usually exit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now, now we're trying to enter and do these new positions and that felt fine, but then it's getting used to like, it's just in the moment getting used to whatever spacing with 42 bodies that happen on stage and what needs to be adjusted or not based on the fact that there are new elements. And so, and if you notice whether you might not be able to catch on, but if any, um, by, and I mean that only because of years of experience in dance, yeah, the amount of material that we're doing uh, on stage is very challenging and very visceral. Mm -hmm. uh, so to, to be able to juggle all that was a crazy adrenaline wild roller coaster. And mm -hmm. we did it. And, um, you know, tweezer was pretty much locked in barrel, but for example, because we only had so many, we didn't get to practice with streamers to that abundance. Mm. So all those streamers you saw happening mm -hmm. was the first time we were doing that. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask you. So how, how many times did you guys actually practice on MSG's stage? Before just that morning. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's what, to, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Just that morning. Oh, Christ. Because you said you and only started only did... like the beginning of December, nonetheless, right? And was that like yeah, an no, everyday and, and kind of thing? Yeah, we started rehearsing December 2nd mm -hmm. until December 17th in a studio, a rehearsal space, meaning not stage size with no lights, with no nothing. Mm -hmm. It was just me creating it. And then we did that, and then we went to tech in a, at another location. And when we teched in another location, um, you know, it was kind of like MSG standards. We were doing what we had to do, and then we had a big hiatus. Uh, and then we went straight to MSG and adjusted to MSG. Um, but then whatever we did that morning changed because that night, Trey got stuck. <laughs> Jesus. So wow. we were sort of ready for whatever, but... Um, yeah, I mean, what Outward. can you say? You're yeah. just like, what can you say? And so the balloons and streamers, though, you can't rehearse that. Yeah. That's something that is on the night. Yeah, you're not going to drop um, 50,000 balloons and streamers exactly. before in practice. <laughs> exactly. But we're also the ones who have to practice, dance on it. So it, it excited us and informed us in many great ways. And honestly, I, I wish I could do it again and not in a bad way meaning like it was that enjoyable i wish i could experience it all over again it's sort of such a rush i, I would I, imagine such yeah, a rush it's such a rush that you go god i'm this is everything and more and i want to do it again i wish we could do a tour of the clones or yeah something. But, yeah well and i was wondering you know, a lot of fans reach out to me going like we should do more of this i'm like hey man it's if you guys had a guarantee of uh, uh of attendance i'm sure they would you know but it's sort of like uh, it was such a rush that everyone would want to do it more and such a beautiful moment, such a beautiful yes. experience. Like I couldn't, ex there has been no better feeling in my life than to feel what it's like to, to dance mm -hmm. and experience my own work on stage and experience others do my work on stage to Trey playing live, Ugh. to Fishman, to Gordon, to Paige playing live. Like I've done Broadway for years, but I've meant 
I've always wanted to work with rock bands and it's been a dream to do so. I only wish there could be more of it. It's just hard because a lot of rockers, they don't necessarily, when they see dance, they sort of uh, segregate it from what the rock experience is, but they've never seen what I do. And that's why when I love that the Fish fans have seen it and go, holy shit, this is different. This isn't, yeah. you know, someone can call it Broadway. It's Broadway caliber, but the experience that you're feeling is no different than what you feel when you dance the Fish music. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, have any of your dancers, any of the dancers from that, have they done any of the other shows? Were, were they in part of Petrichor? Were they, is it just sort of no, freelance um, dancers? Pet, well, Petrichor that... is not me. But no, no, I know. I know, but like any they, same dancers at they, all? Oh, well, they did um, – no, they didn't do Petrichor, but one – let me let me count. One – yeah, one of them. No, only my, my, my associate, Brianna Mercado, mm -hmm. she was in Wombat. Okay. If you see her in Wombat, uh -huh. she's a blonde. Okay. Um, but if you see her in, in this, she's a tray. So <laughs> she's – you can't tell who she is, but she's a tray. Sure. <laughs> uh, and I'm a tray. Um, and no, other than that – Everyone else has been new to, to, to the fish game. Um, but, you know, my girlfriend, who was in the show as well, mm -hmm. she, she got to play a tray, and she was with me when I created Turtle in the Clouds. Because I did Turtle in the Clouds with fish. Oh, that's um, right. The dance was for that. Sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. So they were the dancers for it. But, you know, it was cool because my girlfriend, Kelly, she got a chance to see it. Uh, as I was doing it. So, you know, the, uh, I actually, during the four nights of new year's, I went to the show on the 29th. Mm -hmm. I don't think train them had any idea I was there. Mm -hmm. we, well, they're so busy. Right. So, I mean, sure. I, I, some of them, some people on their team knew I was there, but, uh, Trey was doing his thing. Right. So I, you know, I let him do his thing. Um, but then they opened with turtle in the cloud. Ah. And so it was cool. Cause they were, they started doing the dance there and I was like, Oh man. So throughout the year, I don't realize, you know, that they're doing it. And a lot of the fish fans who who are aware of me, yeah. send me the video. So it's really cool like that there are fish fans who are aware that. Um, did you dance along with them that night? Say again? Did you dance along with them that night when they did, when they opened up with it? Oh no, I was so <laughs> shocked. It was just so cool to see it. Yeah. It was so cool to see it, you know? Um, so no, I, for me, I just like to enjoy them having a good time. And, and the fact that there's fans out there who recognize there's a relationship between me and Trey and it's, I guess, spanned for years now making some great magical moments. It's been really cool. It's been really, really, really cool. This, is, this couldn't be, this is the, you know, epitome of it. Like, I mean, I don't think you can get better than most did. So there's a lot of fans, who, you know, for them that say that this might be one of the best gags ever. I mean, Hey, that's really cool. Especially since, uh, there was a lot that was put into it. And, um, Quite, you know, like I said, I don't know how much time the other gags get, but to put a 45-minute set up in pretty much two weeks um, with 42 bodies, mm -hmm. and they're all color-coordinated. Uh, yeah. If you notice, like, right? everything was formed by their colors. Yep. So they couldn't just go anywhere. They had to, they had to be organized in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. um, it was very exciting to be able to helm that. And, uh, yeah, the team, Fish, Fish's team is unbelievable. The creatives, the production—they're just so amazing. I've never worked near. I've never worked with any sweeter people in my career. Mm. Um, uh, wait, well, actually, Cla Claudio and them are pretty awesome. But I just mean in general, like the whole fish camp was—I mean, honestly, it's a dream. I, I, it was probably the best job I've ever done. Aww. Yes, nice. and yeah. no matter how crazy it was, it was the best job I've ever done. And um, 
Yeah, and I've had some crazy circumstances. I've had to go on and on Broadway shows without any like formal rehearsals. I mean, oh wow, mm-hmm. and had to play. Yeah, I've had to be. Well, hence why you pulled this off so well. You know, you're like, all I right, mean, Trey that's, that's suck. The story. Let's do my, this. My, my dancers <laughs> often they they sort of like laugh and commiserate at the same time because there's always like, John, you're always doing the craziest shit, and I said, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I've, that's what I do. I've noticed that I am. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I'm meant for the rock stage. I hope that there'll be more to come. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're all, you know, as I was saying before, as with like Abe Vigoda or whatever, you know, it's one of those things. Once you're part of our family, then you know you're you're part of us, and that's just how it goes. <laughs> I mean, so. I'm 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 fine. I'm so excited. I just, you know, I'm sort of on a high still. I don't even yeah, know. It's like I would imagine. Numbing. It's a numbing high because you sort of go, wow, I wish I could relive that moment, that energy. Mm-hmm. I just want to have it on constant. And it, you can't. So you hold on to the memory and then um, you aim to keep applying that energy towards other things. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but whenever I watch the fish footage, I'll always remember. And then fish fans go nuts. You'll always remember. And to hear them consistently on Instagram and Twitter and just in person just really um, with open arms say how much they were moved by it. It's really cool. Cause I know that they're not just saying it. There's a lot of experiences that they have with fish. There's tons of experiences, tons of gags. It's not a first time thing. So mm-hmm. for them to f- have this one stand out is uh, something that I'll um, cherish, you know, for a yeah, while. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You, you pulled it off and, and Trey stayed safe. I'm so surprised by all this, like, stuff I'm seeing out there. There's like t-shirts already out about yeah. it. It's crazy. Oh, I know. You guys I, are amazing. I was like running back and forth. My friend was making fun of me. They're like, God, this is not real. Trey is, fu-. I'm like, no, I could tell. I could tell the force has disrupted. Something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. Right. A and lot like, of people thought it was part of a gag. I was like, that's a, that's, that is pretty, I mean, for that to be a part of a gag, you better you better know how to break automation pretty perfectly. Yeah, yeah. It was what well, was kind of that, you know, I, I I was going back and forth. I was like, no way, you know. And I have my friend, uh, Christy, who does co-hosting with me too, and she kept giving me shit. She's like, you're just falling for it. This isn't real. You know, so I was questioning myself a little bit, but it was that big space between sand and drift that I was like, there's no way. I'm like, something's definitely going on. But then, you know, then you guys came back and you pulled it off so clearly and really yeah. nailed it. And and then I was like, well, I'm like, maybe this is, maybe they're waiting for you enjoy myself to be the big moment where Trey comes down from the ceiling. Like, oh, right, right, boy, right. You know? <laughs> oh man, that would have been cool. Right? And if it, if it, if that did happen, you guys would have never believed it was really stuck. Yeah, no. Like if for some reason it, it got fixed right? and he made it down for his dance solo, you guys would have never believed he was stuck. Yeah. And he was, and he totally was. Oh no, I was in a couple of like chat lines online. Everybody's like, whoa, you know, fucking out about it and uh, going back and forth and even after the show but I was like no way uh, so I was just absolutely thrilled when you know I sent you the message and you're like yeah let's do it I was like woo <laughs> we're oh, gonna yeah, find man. out I'm so glad I, I you know this is a great opportunity for uh, for fish fans to know what's up you know yeah. like to have a know that this isn't just a job you know this was a passion project for me. so uh, I just wanted them to know like hey um, what you felt was our hearts on the line man mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't some sort of like, oh, let's just do a job. No, it was we we were giving you um, what you feel, yeah. what you are. We were giving it, and yeah. and that's 
because we feel it too. So I wanted to make sure you guys knew that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so great. So great, John. Well, I am really, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to you know, join us here at Female Hendrix and go through all of this. I someday want to come and dance in a big mirror <laughs> to something, whatever your choice is, because <laughs> I'm I mean, a it's big possible, dancer. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Like it's very possible. Space. I know a lot of people have been asking for like, they want to learn Turtle in the Clouds. I'm like, Turtle in the Clouds is possible. Right? It's possible. <laughs> it's just like freeform dance. Just do it. <laughs> I know. Rock out to it. But I mean, hey, if everyone, you know, wants to see more dancing, you know, who are listening to the podcast, feel free to, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a person who shares on social media to elevate what, what we put out there in the world to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to not just um, produce things that are going to, you know, go viral. Yeah. <laughs> you produce things that are going to touch people. And if they go viral, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't, at least the people who saw it get to be moved. So if the fans and the followers of your, your podcast um, are interested in what I did, feel free to, you know, follow me on, on the grams, Twitter and on YouTube. And it'll be wonderful to keep sharing. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, so you're just John. Is it John Rua one? And it have good. Plug- it's, yeah. On Instagram, it's John Rua one, J O N R U A one. And on Twitter, it's just John Rua. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram, if you put John Rua, I mean, sorry, on YouTube, if you put John Rua, you'll you'll find it. it'll be up there. Awesome. Um, and there's also on Instagram, if you go to my page, there's a link to my other page, which is the Grit Dance. Okay. Which uh, eventually, yeah. There's more. I mean, there's even videos of um, of past. Actually, I don't know if I I put it on. There's like videos I have of pictures of when Trey came to see me. Oh, because Trey and the whole entire band came to see me play Hamilton. Oh, there's like, uh, yeah, they all came to the very beginning, and um, there's just a lot of hands of hard body stuff. There's all kinds of things. Well, uh, I know the the with the um. The, it was the percussionist from Hamilton because we were we were oh, like yeah, the, yeah 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 and we had the, their family I think it was the wife and the sister in law were sitting in front of us because we were right close to the stage for that and so the the they were they were well, part see, of that that's that's what I mean he met Andres mm-hmm. by coming to watch me play Hamilton awesome love it love it oh that's great so that 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 night he was like who's the drummer and I was like what's well, this yeah and Andres is Colombian and I'm Colombian so I had a, a kinship with Andres and I said. Uh, I was like, you got to meet him. And then they met. And next thing you know, Trey's like, hey, Andres is playing. And I was at that New Year's. Ah. I was there. And I was like, I, I was seeing Andres play. It was amazing. Uh, um, I saw some yeah, of those so, dogs and cats in my living room. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> I came out with that like seven so of them. That was so funny when they did that. <laughs> yeah, it was. When they did that, I was like, this is so funny. <laughs> like, yeah, man, if people want to follow along, that'd be great. Uh, obviously, I've had a lot of communication with people. So it's wonderful to... to to get the energy it's you know it's really fulfilling it's really great great awesome awesome all right well so good talking to you and yeah can't wait to see what else comes comes from you and thank you so much for for pulling this off it was fantastic so good talking awesome. to you. yay thank you guys so much all right cool take care Dom. all right bye all right bye Thank you, everyone, for joining us for episode 45 of Female Centrics. And we really want to thank our special guest, John Rua, for this fantastic and super interesting interview. And uh, if you want to check him out, his website is johnrua.com. Instagram is johnrua1. 
His Twitter is at John Rua and YouTube. Again, you can find him at John Rua. We are a part of the Osiris Podcast Network. And if you want to check us out or more podcasts, please go to OsirisPod.com. And uh, thanks again. Peace, everybody. It's a whole Someone's coming to rescue me. At least I hope so.